everybody. Welcome to CISO Talk. CISO Talk might look a little bit different than you've seen in the past, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm joined by our new co-host and longtime colleague and friend, Jennifer J.J. Manila. Welcome, Jennifer. Hi, Mitch. Hi, everybody. <laughs> now, you're not new to our CISO Talk audience because you've been on several panels at RSA on, on virtual panels and speaking on TechStrong events and a lot of others speaking at RSAC and conferences and things like that. So th there are a number of folks in the security world that already know you. Yes, and I'm so sorry, everybody, about that. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just going to have to get to know you better. <laughs> They're going to have the opportunity to yeah. do that. So, well, so we're going to spend a little bit of time. And uh, I, first, I want to pay, pay thanks and homage to Matt Newfield, who we've been working with. Uh, Alan Schimmel and I and, and Matt have been working with CISO Talk for a number of years, uh, multiple episodes, and building the program to where it is. And Matt's got a very busy schedule. I'm sure he'll be back as a guest um, uh, because we love love him and appreciate that all he's done for us. And we're, and we're kind of taking this now to the next place. So we're going to have some format changes and maybe some new topics and things like that. And we'll, we'll get into that next. Um, JJ, first, I'd love to have you introduce yourself to the audience. I think most folks know I'm CTO at TechStrong Group. I also am a principal and founder of our research division, TechStrong Research. And, you know, you and I have worked together, as I mentioned, as colleagues in security at its security products way back when. And so they know enough about me, but I would really love for you to talk more about the kind of work that you've been doing. It's evolved to some interesting places and now with your own company that you're doing. Uh, so jump right in there. Sure. Well, I think the probably the most relevant pieces are, you know, I've, I've worked in technology uh, for a very, very, very long time. <laughs> I'm not going to age myself with that number. And I've worked in security for approaching 20 years at this point. So, um, and through that time, a, a lot of what I, I've done um, is kind of work in architecture between groups. Sometimes it's between two different technical groups. Sometimes it's between, um, you know, executive leadership and then the technical resources. Sometimes it's between the security team and the networking team. Um, and a lot of my experience throughout that time and, you know, 20 years or so has been really heavy in the network security side. Um, but, you know, as the perimeter has changed, that's morphed into being a little bit more holistic view in security architecture. Um, and more recently, a lot of stuff in, in zero trust. Um, and so that's that's kind of one of my um, passions, along with a lot of the wireless security technologies. And, and wireless for me is not just Wi-Fi. It's, it's all kinds of stuff. Um, but I think just because of where we are moving as, as humans and where we are moving as industries and security, um, those technologies become very um, important um, and are often misunderstood. So a lot of the zero trust stuff has been fun. Uh, for me, it's not a marketing buzzword. It really is real. We are doing it. It's a thing. Uh, but I think there's just so much misinformation, so much marketing marketing hype that there's a lot of opportunity for us to have conversations around what that actually means um, and, and then how to do it and when and where and how it's appropriate to do it and take you know, bite-sized projects. So that's been a lot of what I'm doing. Um, part of that involves you know, the Cloud Security Alliance, uh, who has a, a zero trust um, research group and working group. So I'm in the leadership team with that, doing several projects as well as some of their IoT stuff. So yeah, that's how I've been spending uh, my time for the past 20 years and zero trust for the past, you know, two or 30. It's it's uh, it's been a lot of fun to be sort of a, a sidecar to the journey of that you've been on and being part of that as a 
as a friend and colleague and seeing how far it's evolved. Because I mean, and you've you've worked with so many companies um, in your capacity, both as a solution provider, kind of systems integrator in the security world, now as a real an advisor to CISOs and to organizations, whether it's one on one or as you talked about working with multiple groups. It's it's a tough it's a tough gig, uh, you know. CISOs, security people don't have easy jobs. I'm not telling them anything they don't know. But I'm I'm curious from your perspective because you spend a lot of time being an advisor to folks. Why why do they need an advisor? What are they looking for from you that that you're able to to kind of fulfill that they they can't figure out themselves or get other ways? Well, and I wanted yeah, let me qualify that a little bit. I don't want to say that it's because they can't figure it out themselves. I just think that everybody has priorities in their day, um, especially when you're a CISO, right? You're or or, or, or a professional with CISO type responsibilities, because a lot of the people I work with, you know, don't necessarily have a CISO title or they do have a CISO title, but they've never been formally trained um, and, and had any type of mentorship in that area, don't know how to build a new program. So um, just a little asterisk of, you know, I, it's, uh, you know, yeah, I tend to slide in when people just need a little extra help because sometimes there's not enough hours in the day. Um, and it is interesting, you know, you mentioned, you know, working with, I work with an integrator. Uh, well, I still work with multiple integrators now, but <laughs> working with an integrator for over 20 years, um, as well as consulting with IONS, who's pretty heavy in the security space. Um, so I've worked with, you know, at this point, thousands of customers across every industry, ranging from, you know, the charter school down the street to large universities, uh, every tier of federal government into Department of Energy and, and Department of Defense, uh, lots of financial, lots of healthcare. And so, you know, throughout that time, there's been different sizes of organizations and different maturities in terms of their people and processes and expertise. Um, so it's been really fun. Uh, I'm a very non-judgy person because I, you know, you kind of get what you get and everybody's doing the best they can do. So it's really been fun to just kind of get in and, and work with somebody or work with the team in an organization, see, you know, what knowledge they have, what resources they have, um, and leverage that in moving their security programs forward uh, in, their, in their various technical projects. Um, but yeah, I think there's just, and especially now, I mean, gosh, <laughs> and I, you know, I really don't even get into, I don't consider myself cloud native. Um, so a lot of the application security, I think this is fun because, you know, you and I have known each other for a long time. Um, I think approaching 20 years at this point, and, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you've always been a kind of like the, the software and application side, and I've always been over on the networking side. So this is a pretty fun, I think, pairing of those expertises together for something that's pretty well-rounded. Um, but yeah, it's been so much fun working with people. And I just think there is opportunity to you know, use platforms like this uh, and our relationship and um, CISO talk and bring people in and just kind of amplify that and give, you know, a much broader audience the benefit of all of that experience, not just our experience, but the experience of um, the different professionals we're going to be bringing on and talking to. I think it'll be, it's a different take on CISO talk because, you know, with Matt, we're talking to who someone is a CISO. He might have been someone, an example of somebody you might work with or advise. Um, but we're going to kind of have that, the conversation we're having, even though it's not with a specific CISO or, or maybe with a guest, but these are the conversations that are happening, right? And people are trying to fill in, fill in the gaps, uh, confirm. By the way, one of the loneliest jobs is being the CISO or the CEO or the CIO, CTO, right? Because 
you talk to all the same people in your organization and the vendor community you work with. Sometimes you just need to talk to someone else and get their take on it, kind of validate, learn, change your mind, add to what you're thinking. It's, you know, you don't want to kind of get caught in that echo chamber you live and work in in every day. And that's, I think that's kind of what our, one of our values in CISO Talk is expanding that conversation on a topic that's very near and dear and relevant to our audience and what they're doing. Absolutely. Well, good. Let's, let's do this. And thank you for taking some time uh, telling us about your work, you know, talking about your work. Um, you know, as, as, as you know, you've, you know, you've gone from being a frequent guest to co-host, yeah, one of the reasons why I do shows like this, and uh, first of all, I, I love talking with people and, and collaborating with you and, and people like you. This is another way to do that, and it's a fun and an engaging way to do that. I kind of feel like, for me, our audiences are tuning in for the reasons we talked about. They're also kind of, it's part of their career development, right? They're learning. I want to know more about Zero Trust. I've heard the buzzword. I'm trying to implement it. Or... Uh, cloud native and Kubernetes security. What the heck is that? And how do I deal with that as a security professional? You know, give me some pointers, some tips, you know, kind of fill in some gaps. So we're, we're really helping people both advance in their careers as well as uh, doing work in their job. And I'm, I don't, I don't want to overstate that as something because I watched that episode of the CISO talk, I became a PhD. No, but you know, this is all part of our continuing <laughs> development. Yeah, that's the one of the things that really motivates me about doing this. I'm, I'm curious when we talked about let's let's join together and co-host this. You know, what are some of the things you're interested in happening? Why why you're motivated to do this? Oh man, well I think oh if I had to slap a number on it, I would say probably seventy to maybe even eighty percent of the questions I get asked are questions that um, peer, like peer professionals or peer organizations have. Uh, so a lot, a lot of people, you, you know, in the space, a lot of professionals don't, they're all seeking the same type of information. Um, and so I think it's a great, easy way to, to share that. I think there's also, I mean, if we get into this um, little bit of interpersonal thing here, I think there's a lot of pressure on CISOs. Uh, and again, you know, security professionals in general. And I think there's this expectation that they're supposed to know everything and do everything. Um, and that's frustrating because again, there's only so many hours in the day. Um, and for as long as I've worked in tech, there's still a whole, <laughs> just whole circles. There's whole like huge parts of the Venn diagram that I'm, you know, I read a whole Kubernetes book and I still do not understand what it does. Uh, right. So, you know, I think part of this is just having a community and, just saying, you know, I, I don't know everything. Where can I get that information? How can I ask the questions um, and, and fill those gaps and just and, in a meaningful way instead of from vendors? And I'm going to get on a little soapbox here for a second. Let me just pop up here no and problem. say one, one of my points of frustration. So, you know, I, although I've worked with an integrator, the integrator um, and the integrators that I work with still sell multiple products and multiple competing products in a space. And so, you know, for 20 years, when I've walked in to a client, it's been out of this whole, you know, pantry of things or grocery store of solutions that I could bring to you. What do you need and what fits for you? 
And that's fun, right? Because I, I don't get, you know, well, I never, I was never in sales. So I never got paid for selling anything, but you know, I am never attached to a product um, and never worked in that space. And I think, you know, architects and consultants, you know, have a little bit of, a, of a, an advantage in that way. Um, and that we can pull anything off of the shelf versus a manufacturer and a manufacturer team who no, no matter how technically competent they are, because a lot of them really, truly add value. They speak at conferences, they write blogs, they do like, they have a lot of valuable information at the end of the day, the way they are fed and the way they eat is through selling their product. And so there's always just a little bit of bias in a certain things. They're certainly never going to, you know, show a mirror and, and show what their, their product blatantly can't do. And so I think there's, that's the other kind of value of having a forum like this is we have the opportunity to share this knowledge, very unbiased. Uh, we're not, we're not here to pitch products. We're not here to sell products. We're here to just purely educate and share and build community. Um, and I think there's a lot of value in that. There's a lot of value in that for me um, personally. I like sharing. I like collaborating. Um, and I like educating people. We, and, and of course, vendors, technology providers, you know, uh, play an essential role, right? We couldn't do this without them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They, they are biased because they have to be, that's, that's just built into the nature of yeah. selling what you have to sell. And that is the role of folks who are consultants or analysts or uh, lots of different roles, integrators many times where they can kind of say, well, here's the, here's the options and let's look at what's the best fit for you. And, and that's hopefully where I think, you know, with, with you and I, we can sort of fine tune maybe what some of those questions might be to ask the technology providers or maybe ask your own organization. You know, yeah, I know that's a great product, but let's step back and talk about why we want to use Kubernetes, whatever that is, if we <laughs> understand it yet. And then how we're going to figure out what we need to do. I mean, what some of the important questions to ask ourselves are. So we know when we, we go back to talk to the vendor. So there's a lot of those things I think we can we can definitely uh, pursue and, and kind of provide value on on this show. So you're passionate. Uh, let's talk about some topics because this show is kind of about the show and we will, the format, first of all, is changing. Uh, Matt and I and Alan uh, have done CISO Talk primarily as a panel show where we get four to six, maybe sometimes squeeze in a seventh once in a while um, to pick a topic and, and sort of get a plethora of ideas and perspectives about that particular topics. Sometimes it's, it's maybe been a lot of vendors, technology providers on the show, maybe folks like yourself more independent or, or a practitioner to try to get a diverse perspective. And that's, we have lots of shows and, and formats for that. Here, we're gonna go to more of a, let's meet with a person about a topic someone who's probably doing that work. Maybe they might be from a vendor sometimes, probably more on the practitioner side and dig a little bit deeper into that. And that'll, I think that'll give us a different perspective for, for the folks that are watching and follow uh, CISO Talk. And, and we'll explore that and we'll, we'll evolve and change our format too, as we find what we think works well, our audience tells, tells us work, works well. Makes sense to you, JJ? Yeah, this show has been formatted to fit your new brain. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh, good. Now we just need to fill that in with some good stuff, <laughs> right? At least mine anyway. Well, you know, you mentioned zero trust and, uh, and network security. I'm sorry, wireless security, of course, as well as network security. Those are great passions of yours. I'm sure network security, wireless, and zero trust are going to be some big topics. Um, is there anything, any other things kind of top of mind that, you know, I don't know if it'll be the next show or not, but somewhere in the in the collection of shows that we put together, some topics that you're really excited to explore. I mean, I have a few too, but I would want to get your perspective. <laughs> yeah, I have a ton. And, and, you know, again, my, I think the the core of my being, you know, stems from that, that networking side. Um, but having worked with network access control. So for, for me, this kind of shift into zero trust is really, just a new way to do something like network access control. We're just kind of extending that air quote perimeter into the cloud um, and, and working further up the OSI stack than we had before. But fundamentally it's it, it's all the same stuff. It's just slightly more complicated now. Um, so that, you know, that's at the core of what I'd like to do because it's it's complex. And it's one of those things, you know, especially zero trust, you have to fit all of the puzzle pieces together. So for as much as I love, you know, network security, that is always to be taken in a holistic kind of architecture, architectural view. Um, and so I think part of the fun of, of the topics, you know, that we've talked about maybe uh, sprinkling in here is that we have the opportunity to look at these things, not through the microscope of just the one thing, but how does this fit into everything else? Because you know, for, for years now, and especially now with zero trust, you know, we can't have a network security conversation without discussing endpoints, without discussing the cloud perimeter, without discussing things, even like maybe SD-WAN technologies. So, you know, I think all of it fits together so well. And so a lot of the topics, I, I think we can kind of like dive into certain things, especially if we have a mechanism, maybe for all of you guys watching and listening, where maybe you can give us some feedback and comments about, hey, get more into this and we can dive more into something. But I think back at that kind of 5,000 to 10,000 foot view, you know, there, there's a whole lot of stuff um, that we're struggling with now that I see organizations struggling with and my clients are struggling with, which is things, for example, um, for all of the convergence we've been pursuing um, within the tech, different pieces of technology, we have some things that we really need to be divergent with um, and treat a little bit differently. For example, operational technology and OT is handled very, very differently than enterprise IT. Um, and this is one of the challenges I've had in, in kind of helping with, with some of the organizations writing frameworks for Zero Trust. It's like, oh, all of the vendors want to put IOT and OT and what we would do on just enterprise lands all together and maybe even address them with one product set uh, and, and one kind of overarching strategy and umbrella. And those of us that work deeply in these spaces are going, no, 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 this is not how we do it. And just because the vendors are pushing it to you that way does not mean it's that's the appropriate way for you to consume that. And so part of it is, you know, I think these topics about educating if you're a CISO, if you're a security architect or other security professional, where are these areas that you need to, to, to diverge some things and keep them separate instead of converge them? Um, I'm using I, you know, enterprise IT and OT as one example. 
Um, we have, you know, different opportunities for some of the stuff we're, we're considering with, with cloud and on-prem that might need to stay um, separated. We have different things on the networking side. We're doing a lot of stuff with like private cellular now, which is cool. I love it, but it's its own can of worms from a security standpoint and from a compliance standpoint. I mean, it's a good can of worms. These are like the worms you would want to eat. Maybe they're fried and like breaded in panko or something. They're, they're good worms. They're French worms. They're French worms. Like worms. Wait, escargot are snails. They are. I know. Yes, they are. You know what? Not a good one, but I'm have I'm having like flashbacks. This lovely restaurant in San Francisco we walked to a few blocks from Moscone, and they had like the best escargot I've ever had. But anyway. I digress. Um, so I think there's there's all kinds of stuff from like, you know, when I work with CISOs, it's um, we might be talking about pen test, right? And maybe it's an application pen test, maybe it's a network pen test, maybe it's all of the above. Um, there are actually precur precursors and things we do before a pen test that are more cost effective and and more um, more cost effective and more effective effective. Um, and so there's all these different things. I think it's like what CISOs should know about fill in the blank. And then we can kind of share some of that um, information for if you were here and making the decision, here's really the, the, the bubbled up version, the takeaway that you need to know without having to go do, you know, eight hours of research or interview four people and then try to go fact check and see if what they told you was right. So those topics are everything from, you know, zero trust starting projects, identifying projects, um, working through a maturity model, because frankly, all of the documents we have and frameworks and everything we have on zero trust is written for the federal government. And it's complete just rubbish if you're in the enterprise space. Um, so we're reworking a lot of that. I think there's lots of opportunities for, you know, how do you pick a, a framework if you don't have a, a a controller or compliance framework currently and and how are you implementing that how does that vary between different industries i love those conversations i think there's so many of these um there's so many of these professionals that have gotten stuck into a CISO-ish CISO position and again mm -hmm. haven't necessarily had any type of formal mentorship or training and don't know where to start and i think it's you know there's that feeling of well i'm supposed to know because i'm here now um but i think we can you know help uh help fill in those gaps and and the cracks there a little bit. Um, yeah, there's so many great topics. I, I mean, I could just keep going. I mean, there's just my, my brain's exploding with ideas over here. I'm excited to get into that too. You know, one of the things I'm hoping to do is maybe I can make some kind of, kind of connections in, in the software world because the world for security CISOs, engineers, has changed, right? All of a sudden, it's like there's there's application security and APIs and cloud native, and we're kind of getting into the software stuff, even though we aren't, aren't software architects ourselves or, or writing code, though we may have people doing scripting and things in our security ops center. Uh, but you, you mentioned Kubernetes and, and uh, cloud native. What, what's interesting is if you look at that from a security perspective, cloud native is kind of like it's a philosophy and approach like zero trust is a philosophy and approach. It's not a technology. There are, there are technologies to use to accomplishment. You, you mentioned Kubernetes being one. But what, what, what it's really about, and I think relevant for us, is 
you know, for, for, for a long time, the, the network had perimeters and things that we could protect. And usually there's an edge of the application, there's an edge of the network, there's an edge of where the firewall and where the application firewall is and content filtering and all kinds of things happening. And, and applications we got into through, you know, port 80 uh, or, or, uh, or SSL or APIs, et cetera, that were kind of the external hard layer to the soft interior of the, of the application. And what cloud native is, is the network has come inside of the app because now apps are built in really small pieces, things called microservices, and they all talk over the network. It's an internal network inside of Kubernetes cluster or across clouds or across whatever, but it's network communications. And so we, we have like, uh, instead of one big app or several like medium or big size app, we have lots of little things that are moving around and changing all the time, but they're all talking over this network either amongst themselves or to other things. So we just start taking some of the ideas and bringing those inside to the application itself and how it communicates over this through this API fabric and applying a lot of the security principles that uh, we know and have, have tried and also some new things. So we'll make some of those connections and hopefully make the, the world of cloud native a little less mysterious because it's actually not that mysterious when we kind of peel apart that onion. Um, and there's a lot of things that we can bring to the table as security professionals and software engineers to start to connect the dots to go, okay, I get it. Now I see what that is. Here's how I can help you or you can help us or whatever that might be. So I'm hoping we get to go there together. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. And, you know, Mitch, something just popped up while you were saying that. Because um, one of the things I hear, but both on the, the application security side um, and, and then just in general, kind of broad spectrum statement here is that, you know, in a lot of the consulting engagements, a lot of the professionals I talk to are apologetic um, to me as a consultant, right? Oh, we know, we know we're supposed to be doing this, uh, but we're behind. We we know that all of our peers are doing this and we we just aren't there yet. And, and they're almost embarrassed or apologetic about it. And I feel like um, this feeling about, you know, most of the time, it's almost like, you know, where they say social media, what do they say about social media that it's, um, FOMO, fear being left out or whatever it is. Well, <laughs> it's, um, it's like, you see the best, you, people only put their, their best, oh, okay. you, you know, like persona on social media, like, look, look how great I am, or look at this, you know, yacht I'm hanging out on. And they're, you know, not, not showing you the <laughs> I'm not even going to come up. I'm, I was, I had examples. I'm going to leave that alone. But, you know, they're not showing the bad stuff that, that, right? that they're dealing with in their life. And I feel like the security industry is a little bit like this, that um, there's this difference between what's real and what people think is ideal. And so mm. there's this, this expectation gap where a lot of people, professionals and companies and boards feel like they're behind or they're not doing something the right way. And, you know, their peer organizations are doing something else or, or whatever. And, you know, I've seen so many case studies, whether it's something on the application side or on the network side, or just some broad security product. I've seen so many case studies where the company that's listed in the case study did buy the product or they were given it but they haven't even deployed it yet. 
And so it's like, you know, all of these other organizations are looking at that going, oh man, they're already doing this, you know, cool whiz gig, shiny thing. Uh, and we haven't even done, you know, our basic stuff. And one of my other soapbox things is I feel like everybody gets so dazzled with the shiny objects. You know, it's like, oh, let's, let's do, let's do zero trust. And they don't even have, you know, basic segmentation done, whether that's in workload segmentation or network segmentation. Um, and so there's, there's, there's kind of like this foundational knowledge that I think Mitch, you and I are going to be able to do some cool stuff with of, um, all of like the shiny objects are just extensions of foundational pieces. Um, and you really need to at least understand the foundational pieces enough to go build that. If you don't have it, if you want to do the shiny things that are up here. And so I think that's fun because that's, that's something that kind of those pieces fit together, both on the application and cloud side and on, on prem side. Um, and I think that's another great opportunity for, you know, a show like this with hosts like us and guests like the ones we're going to be bringing on. I think that's going to be great. Put the building blocks in place. So it's not a shiny penny on the ground, but it's a bright yeah. star in the sky, right? This is how we get there. <laughs> well, let's, uh, so let's wrap things up. Um, I, I do want to mention too, that we have some new um, URLs that we can use. You can get, you can find this show if you haven't already on textron.tv, there's a series menu and it says the CISO talk, CISO talk underneath that. You can also get it through URL uh, CISOtalkshow.com. So you can go directly to it. Um, and we also are delivering some podcast format now. So CISOtalkpodcast.com, go straight to it. It's available on your, all your favorite podcast platforms. So you'll get the audio, get audio and video on Apple if you wanna watch the video that way too. So we're getting out there in, in, in lots of mechanism, lots of paths for delivering content. And there's always good old textron.tv. And our episodes will be about twice a month. We'll be doing some live roundtables uh, like we've done in the past and, and uh, have a lot of good, good time and good fun doing it. So, JJ, I am super excited if you can't tell already about doing this with you and and learning from you and create co-creating and doing some great content together and bringing in some uh, kind of fabulous guests that that uh, will be part of this journey with all of us together I, the feelings mutual especially about the learning but Mitch I have to tell you I can't tell when you're excited because you're always just kind of calm like this. Is it, is, so is this, is this your excited face? Is this excited, Mitch? I am always <laughs> excited. So it looks the same. <laughs> oh. But I'm, when, I'm, when I'm joking around, that means I'm having fun. Okay, I'm, good. Great. But I'm definitely having an excited. Yes, well, we will be, if you don't like joking, we will be very serious on here um, in our very last episode. <laughs> yes, yeah, so just wait for that one and watch that. We'll be, uh, that'll be the end of the series when we're like, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> All right. All right. It's been fun. I'm excited about our next one and getting some guests in here. It's like, it's going to be amazing. Well, and thanks to our team at Textron Group, our producer, executive producer, Jody, and our video production team, the web team. Everybody, uh, graphics and promotion and production, everybody helps put this on with us. So it's a, uh, we might be, so the two visible folks in the show, but there are a lot of folks that are a big part of helping create this as well as our guests that are on. So 
JJ, it's great doing this with you and look forward to our next CISO talk. Uh, come back and join us in a couple of weeks and we'll have a, an episode two of the 2.0. It'll be two, but it'll be the next episode of the talk. <laughs>